Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Happen to the Lord. Amen, amen. He's certainly deserving of it. Of course, we know what's going on in our culture as Pastor reference. so we're going to dedicate the first beginning part of this service to reading a little bit of Scripture, and then we're going to pray for Israel. Is that okay with you guys? I know it would be. I read this last week, and you might be asking, can we read it again? I think it's okay to read the same Scripture twice in church, so let's read it together here. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they be secure who love you. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. For my brothers and companions' sake, I will say, peace be within you. Let's pray together. Father, our hearts are bowed in the mighty name of Jesus. As we already feel your presence in our midst, and we say thank you for that. Father, we do what your scripture commands us to do, which we know it commands us out of love. So we pray for our brothers and sisters in Israel. We pray for peace within their country, God, that they would find a, a result. God, that they would find an answer to what they need, a solution. Father, that you would give the leaders of the country wisdom and grace and, um, Father, the, the supernatural power to make decisions and be decisive, God. I pray for all the warriors that are going over there and that are a part of that, Father, that you would keep them safe and help their families as they deal with the things that they have to deal with. And, Father, for the ones in, the, in Israel who've lost so much, oh, God, that you would touch their families as they've lost so much. That you would be with them, God, and let them find peace in the end to this conflict, we pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And everyone says, amen, amen. amen. You may be seated. Go ahead and wave at your neighbor. Say, hi, I'm glad you're here. Or however you say that. I just love it because you guys are bad to repeat whatever's said. I can say, look at your, friend, look at your neighbor and go, booga, booga, booga. You'd be like, booga, booga, booga. <laughs> you're like, some of you guys have been waiting to do that anyways, huh? Yeah, I just need permission, Matt. Just need permission. Um, as, as we continue part three of our sermon series today, Seasons, my, my assignment is going to be different than Pastor Mike's. And I want to encourage you once again to be here next Sunday. Uh, Pastor Mike and I, we visited a couple times while he was on vacation. Just so you guys know, this is Pastor Mike and Carrie McCord. Let's give them a hand. A hand We're our founding pastors. <laughs> They, they've been on vacation for two weeks, probably the first time in 40-some-odd years that they got to do that, so they got to sneak away and, and do that. But uh, we talked uh, just a little bit through that, and uh, he said, Matt, I've got some stuff stirring in my spirit. I said, well, let's do that on Sunday morning. He said, absolutely, and then Sunday night we're going to come up with a plan. It's going to be exciting to be here to hear some of those things because we need to know what's going on in the world, amen? We know that what builds confidence in the congregation and in congregation to the pastors is that we have a sense of what's going on. So today I'm just going to take you through a little bit of that, not dip too deep into it. And then we're going to turn to Romans chapter 13 and discuss what do we do when we're in seasons like this. Because we need to be in the season of readiness, okay? We need to be season of that we're alert. There's some things in our life that we need to know that's going on that's changing across the world. And we need to be a part of that, amen? We certainly do. So if you open up your Bibles to Genesis chapter 11 verses, or excuse me, Genesis chapter 6 um, verses 11 through 13. And as we talk about the season of 
readiness, it's important that we understand what readiness means. Readiness just means preparation, execution, restoration, and feedback. There's a season that we go through that we need to be prepared for, and we need to have some execution in the season that God's called us to do some things, so we need to do our very best to do what He's called us to do. And then also some restoration. Maybe there's some things that we need to change, and we need to restore some priorities in our life. It's really easy, especially in American culture, to get our priorities off, and we think we're doing a lot of good things, and they may be good things, but they're not the good things that God called us to. Amen? We need to make sure we're doing that. And then also feedback. We all love feedback, don't we? Yeah, constructive criticism. We all love it so much, I don't even get an amen. I know, but, but it's, a part, it's a part of life. It really is. Here in Genesis chapter 6, verses 11, it's going to help us understand the cultures and time. How many of us know the Old Testament is just as important as the New Testament? Amen, Pastor Matt. That's good preaching there. Now, the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with violence. Now, pay close attention to that word, violence. And God saw the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end to all, of all flesh. For the earth is filled with violence, that word again, through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. And it's important that we understand that word violence and what's going on here. So if you look up the Hebrew word for violence, the word is actually spelled C-H-A-M-A-C. Is how the word it. If you want to, if you're, a, if you want to go look in your Strong's, it's two fifty, it's two five 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 is the word, and it's akin to two five five four, which is very important. I'll explain that here in a second. But this word, because of the ch, makes a sound that's actually pronounced Hamas. Now, this is the thing, and I did my research on this. If, if you actually, there, there, that word, C-H-A-M-A-C, Hamas, is actually spelled H-A-M-A-S. Now, it's important for us to understand this because the Arabic and the Hebrew languages are sister languages, but just because they're sister languages doesn't mean you can say one thing and it means the exact other. It, makes, it means the same thing in the other language. So Hamas right now, we know, that is, are the ones that invaded or attacked Israel, if you will, and it stands for the Islamic Resistance Movement. So in Arabic, it stands for zeal or bravery. That's not what it stands for in Hebrew. In Hebrew, this word Hamas means violent. It means to, to shake off. It means to take away violently or unrighteous. It's akin to 2554, which is this, to be violent. Does it make sense? That's, that's, the word that it, that's the word that it's rooted in, is to be violent. So we can make up words and make them say whatever we want to say, but we know what the Bible says about all this, don't we? Now, this is important because these are the days of Noah here, where, where God was looking at the earth and said this, the earth is corrupt and filled with Hamas. That's, that's, you won't hear that on CNN and Fox News. Okay? Now, let's, let's open up our Bibles to Matthew chapter 24, verse 37. Very important here. Very important. Jesus is speaking, and he's helping people understand about his coming again. Getting yourself prepared, getting yourself ready. In verse 37, it says this, But as the, day, but as the days of Noah were, the days of Noah were Hamas. Okay? You got to, you know what I mean? It kind of makes it sound like you're speaking a little bit of Hebrew there. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. So if we look back to the Old Testament, because what's 
going to happen has already been done if we'll just look back and we'll see. Let the, it's what we, we say it like this, let the Bible interpret the Bible. But you kind of got to go on an exploration. Whenever Paul says, okay, you need to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, that word work out is kind of like those old miners that used to go deep into those haul, haulers, if you were in those holes, and they would take those pickaxes and get after it and get after it, and you have to mine it out. That means there's some gold in them Nar hills. You just got to reach in there and grab it out. It's not always just like man on the ground. You got to go after it. And here we begin to see it that it's not coded. I love Christ for this reason, that he makes everything plain. If you really want to search it and go after it, it's in there, and you have to hunt for it, but when it comes out, you'll see it. Does that make sense? It's, but as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. So whenever we see Hamas in our world today is what they saw whenever God destroyed the world by flood. It helps us understand. Now, let's think about this. Can you go a little bit deeper in this? Absolutely. And I'm not going to... You guys have seen the images, heard the stories, and, and we don't need to go that way, so don't worry. Nothing's going to come up on the screens. But if you look at the way that Hamas invaded Israel, it was very, very violently. Just what they did to the babies... Pastor has a really good sermon. I'd invite you to go back and look at our, our podcast. I don't know the number right off, but it's in there. And what he does, he does a really good job from Egypt all the way to the New Testament, if you will, to the birth of Christ. And he goes in and he talks about whenever babies are slaughtered, be ready because there's something about to happen. And I know this is tough. Now go with me. So we want to make sure that you can have confidence in us and we have confidence in you that we understand as we look at the world globally, there's some things going on that we need to be ready for. And if there would be one word that I would say to you today that I feel like is for us, it would be this, awake. There's a lot of things pulling at you. you got a lot of things going out there and got your hands maybe in some stuff out there. I'm telling you, that better not be the priority. It better be your relationship with Jesus Christ. So we got to be awake in what we do. So that's what we have. That's what we're wanting to do too. So today, Romans chapter 13, verses 11 through 14. You guys with me? Yeah. Did you learn something this morning? Yeah. yeah, yeah, me too, okay? Go in there and look at my desk. There's all kinds of books everywhere on that thing. I was trying to make sure I had that correct here. Romans chapter 13, verse 11 through 14. Now Paul is leading up in verse, in chapter 13. He's talking about being a living sacrifice, being humble service, love in action, submission to governments, love fulfills the law, and then ultimately he gets to the day is near. And it's important, the season that he's trying to help everybody understand. I don't know how many sermons I've, I, I was up underneath as a young man that talked about the Lord returning. And dude, I was super scared. You guys know what I'm talking about? Like, Lord, don't let me miss it. You know, now part of that was I needed it because I had some sin in my life that I needed to get cleaned up. Part of that, those old boys could just lay it on you, man, and make you scared, dude. Some of the stories and things that they told just make you, they make you scared. We want to be careful that we don't always interpret the Lord coming back as something that's fearful. But rather, it's like being in the movie theater, if you will, and the movie that you've been anticipating continues to get better and better and better because there's something stirring. So you get closer to the edge of your seat and closer and closer because anticipation of what's going to happen next. We need to let the love of God woo us and draw us that, God, we're sitting in expectation. No, we don't like everything that's going on. And at even times, it even breaks our heart to tears as we're crying out for our brothers and sisters. But, God, we know that these things must happen. 
So we sit in a place of expectation. We sit in a place of readiness. My daughter's 12 going on 13 whenever she was born. My wife, of course, we went through the nine-month pregnancy. I say we did. She was pregnant. I got to support her, you know. <laughs> you know, got to love on her. But one of the things we had was a, was a ready bag. You guys know what I'm talking about here. You have it sitting by the door or in your car at all times. Some of you guys that are maybe in the medical field, you have the same thing. But I remember the phone call that she gave me. She called me and she said, Now, Matt, when I call you and tell you it's time, that means you need to stop what you're doing and get in the car and come pick me up. That's pretty clear instructions, right? And that wasn't a suggestion. That was it. That was clear, clear instructions. <laughs> I was in the meeting with a couple other pastors. She calls me up. She said, Matt, it's time. I looked at him and said, man, i got to go home. Hung up the phone, walked out, picked her up. But because we had the bag, we were there, picked up the bag, put her in the car, I got in the car, and we drove to the hospital, and we began the process. If you're not ready, it's hard to show up and get stuff done when you need to get it done. And there's two different points of view here. There's going to be a whole lot of people that think they're ready, and they're not ready, and Christ is going to come back, and they're going to be left. Then there's some of us who we know Christ, but as Paul talks about in here, that we need to make sure that we're continuing chasing righteousness in our life. That way we can be a, a, a spotless bride for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Okay? So we, we need to make sure that we fit into one of those categories because we do. And Paul's leading up to you. He goes, listen, the living sacrifice, humble service, all these things. And all those things fit in. Listen, I'm leading you up to this place where we also know that the day of the Lord is near. We shouldn't be scared of it, but we should sit in anticipation and love. So Romans chapter 13, 11, 11 through 12. And know this, knowing the time, now is at high time to awake out of sleep. For our salvation is nearer than you first believed. The night is far spent and the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast out the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness and sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling or jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. And we look at verse 11 and we begin to see some things about Paul bringing us to a point saying, listen, there's some things that you need to know. You need to be watching. You need to be waiting. You need to know some things going on. It's, it, it is high time. How many of you guys have ever watched those old westerns? And they have the shootout at noon. You know, every time I see it, it's high noon, I hear like the good, the bad, and the ugly theme song playing in my head. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like, duh, I don't even know it. But anyways, you know, wah, 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 or whatever it is, it plays, it plays, that's better than singing, you know that, okay? Uh, uh, but it plays in my head, and, and Paul is saying here, listen, it is high time. And what he's saying is, listen, this is in, you're in an instant, there's a time, there's a season, and we're in that time, and we're in that season, and we need to be ready. Ronnie and Lakita, of course, they're our children's ministers, and they walk down the hall and several other things. And one of the things that he taught me early on as a fireman, he said, Matt, it's not just a big red shiny truck driving down the road. But whenever that truck arrives there, there's things in place. That way they can get out and put the fire out the best that they can. The, the connections that they, that they need are in a place. The hoses are folded correctly. That way they can show up and hook up and do what they need to do and begin to fight the fire as quick as they can. But that doesn't just happen. It takes after the fire, somebody's got to go back in there and put all those things back up and make sure they're clean and they train and they do all this other stuff because they're ready. There's preparation. There's execution. There's things that we need. And Paul's saying, listen, it's high time. 
time. It is that time. You guys need to make sure that you are on the Lord's side and doing what He asks you to do because God's on the move doing some amazing things and we need to make sure that our spirits are in line with His. Amen? It's high time. Now, have you ever had a parent like mine where you haven't been acting very well, maybe acting a fool, and then they use that line on you? It's about high time you begin to do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Oh, bad memories. I, I won't bring them up. It's high time. And then he goes on and he says, listen, it's high time to awake. To awake, that means to arouse, to get out of sleep, to get from a sitting or lying position, to stand up. It talks about it's from a state of moral sloth to an active life devoted to God. That's what it means to be awake. That God, my spirit is awake. You're moving. You're doing something. Something's happening here. We sang it this morning that God, all the earth will shout your praise. Well, I want to make sure I'm in that part of all the earth shouting your praise, God. So wake up my senses. Wake up my heart. Wake up my mind. That way I know where you're moving. Holy Spirit, illuminate my heart is what you're doing. Awake. And he's not taking it easy on his buddies here. He's saying, awake. You got some stuff that's hanging on to your life. You need to get that off. God's trying to use you. He's trying to move you. He's trying to do things in your life. And what he's trying to do is better than those things that so easily beset you. So let those things fall off and wake up and go do what God's called you to do. This is not to unbelievers. Unbelievers wouldn't understand scripture anyways because their hearts are dark and their eyes are dim. This is to people of the light, you and I. And he's saying, listen, enough. Enough. Awake. Then he goes on, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 34, he uses the same language. What do we awake to? Awake to righteousness and not to sin. For some do not have the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. Listen, some people out there, is what he's saying, doesn't even have Jesus. And you guys are acting like some of them, so that's to your shame. You know what you need to be doing, so you need to open up your eyes, get awake, and go do what God's asked you to do. Amen? That's what we need to do. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 14, same language. For anything that becomes visible is light, therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine in you. Now, we are the light of the world, amen? So right now, God's calling us to awake. Why does he want us to awake? Because there's some people looking at us seeing if we're really going to live holy, if we're really going to live like God and do the things. And whenever we do that, Christ's light shines through us, and we're a light to a dark and dim world, amen? Awake. we got some plans for you. It's that season, it's high time that we get after it. Awake, O oh sleeper. What does it mean to sleep? Well, sleep, if you look it up in the Hebrew or the Greek, it's really talking about an inferior position. It's talking about an inferior position. And if anything, we've learned through this whole tragic event that's happened with Israel is that some of those people were attacked whenever they were lying in bed asleep. They had no opportunity. Whenever we give up, listen to me, I mean this from my heart, me too, whenever we, not y'all, not me, but whenever we give up more high ground, we put ourselves in an inferior position. And the enemy, enemy's going to beat us every time. Wake up. It's high time. You run to righteousness and away from those things that so easily beset you. Some of those things you've been wasting your time with that I've been wasting my time with, we've got to run away from those things. We need to awake from our sleep and slumber. Now our salvation, so we know that salvation is nearer than we think. It's our rescue, it's our safety. He's saying, listen, this is God's closer than you think you are. He said, remember how you first believed or you first put your trust in God. Sometimes we tend to put our trust in things around us, don't we? We tend to put trust in our bank account, in relationships, in connections, in material possessions. Come on now, we all do it. 
We, we tend to do that. And Paul is calling to a different place and saying, listen, you cannot do that. This is not the place or the time for you to do that. We tend to do that sometimes out of fear, and we sang it this morning, we're no longer a slave to fear, amen? So what are we a slave to? Well, Paul put it like this, that he's a bondservant to Christ. That means his whole life is owed to Christ, and what Christ tells him to do, he will go do. And that's the same attitude that you and I must have. But in those moments, God, in those moments, God, I'm scared you're, you're calling me to do some things. I'm seeing some tragedy. I'm seeing some things in the world that's kind of shaking me up inside and the out. And I'm trying to do the best that I can. Psalms 46, verse 1. God is our refuge and our strength. A very present help in trouble. So when you're in the most trouble for Christ, Christ is the closest. You're my very present help. He's present. He's beside you. He wants to talk to us. Psalms chapter 45, 145, verse 18. The Lord is near to all who call on him and to all who call on him with truth. Be honest with him, God. I'm nervous. I'm scared. There's some things not going right right now. I need you. You know, one of the things that I, was, I learned, it was either on a podcast or one of these pastor's things that I've been at. They encouraged me. They said this to the whole, the whole people that were sitting out there. They said, don't listen for an answer. He said, many times whenever we engage in conversation, we're listening so that we can have an answer. So that we can wait for that other person to take a breath and then we can interject what we think or maybe tell them or encourage them. Has anybody ever done that? Instead, let's be an active listener where we really listen to what's going on and then we wait a second to see if it's our time to speak. Because there's nothing worse than somebody who thinks they're listening and they're really not listening at all. They just happen to be in the same room with the bobblehead. Oh, God, forgive me for this, but oh, God, help us not to be bobblehead Christians. Because as you speak to me, let me really listen. Don't let me just think I'm listening. See, there's a lot of Christians out there, even the message today, oh, Matt, you're overlooking it, you're taking it too serious, blah, blah, blah. No, it's serious to business, and it's true, and it's real, and it's in God's Word. And we need to be aware, and we need to be awake. So what do we do during this season? Three practical things here that's going to have, make, it, make it really easy. Three practical things. Romans chapter 13, 12, 13, and 14. Just a quick note. I won't read it all, but Mark chapter 13, 32 through 37, Jesus is speaking. And in that little, um, in that, and he's given that speech, if you will, 32 through 37, four different times he says this. Keep awake, stay awake, stay awake. And then at the very end, his departing words are stay awake. What do you think he wants us to do? Stay awake. And he's talking about his return. We've got to stay awake. So how do we do that? What's some practical ways that we can stay awake? Verse 12, the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Number one, practice practical righteousness. When I use the word practice here the next two other times here, because this is the thing, what we practice, we get really good at. What we get really good at, we live. So we want to practice practical righteousness. It's not as complicated as we think. Rightness with God. Paul's encouraging the believers to do two things. Repent and forsake sin. Very practical. God, help us not to be arrogant that whenever we walk into our quiet time, into our prayer time, that we don't think we have anything to repent for. It is a finite mind versus an infinite mind. God, your ways are not my ways, and your thoughts are not my thoughts. 
So God, I want to make sure I go in with some humility here and say, God, I don't know if I've done anything or not because I'm human and you're not. But in case I have, I want to go ahead and pour myself out on this altar and say, God, please forgive me and fill me. Paul here is also talking to people and believers who are really struggling with some sin. You need to forsake that stuff. You need to walk away from that thing and go to what God's calling you to. You need to be on that alert and that readiness. Practical righteousness. He goes on, he says, the armor of light, which is the practical, which is the protection practical um, righteousness gives us. Now, what, what's some practical ways? Well, Ephesians chapter 6, we won't go into it. We preached on it a couple weeks ago. But if you look up the armor of God, we know it's what? Believe in faith, speak the truth, study the word, depend on prayer, and live in peace. That's practical. Right now, we need to make sure we're doing that more than ever, especially as things in the world turn, amen? Things are changing, and we're seeing this, okay? We know that Hamas is backed by Iran, and Iran's proud of the things that they're doing. And they're ran by Islamic Republic anyways. So we need to make sure that we're, we're, we're aware of this. Believe in faith, speak the truth, study the word, depend on prayer, and live in peace. Practical, righteous stuff that we need to... Go ahead and turn it up. If you're already doing it, turn it up a little bit more. If you haven't been doing it like you need to, you need to get after it. Listen, I know work's important. I know family's important. I know eating's important and sleeping and all that other stuff. But listen, there's something that's got to give here. And if all that stuff corrodes our life and that's what's taken over, man, I'm telling you, it's worth missing some meals. It's worth missing some sleep. Stay up some nights and say, God, I just want to go after you practically. I want to speak truth. I want to study your word. I want to go after it. Amen? We have to during these times. The night is far spent, the day is at hand, therefore cast off. Very practical. Listen, what's in the past is in the past, and now we're living where we're at, so go ahead and get, get turned into what we want to. Number two, practice of holy living. The practice of holy living. Let us walk, pro excuse me. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness and sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy. And it's interesting that he puts that in the middle of it. Why would he do that? A, because people were actually doing that kind of stuff. Okay, And it still happens in the world today. We just tend to do that a little bit more through technology and think it's okay, but it's still the same thing. It's still sin, and it's still not right. Amen? It really is. And he talks to them. He says, listen, these are the things that people do at night. These are the things that people sneak off and do, and they do it under the cover of night. We've got to practice a holy lifestyle. That means we've got to act like this. We need to walk when no one else sees us as if everyone can see you. Walk when no one can see you as if everyone sees you. Because what we practice when no one's looking is really what we live. Yeah. And it will eventually come out. Right place, right time, right scenario, right situation. It's going to come out. So very practically, we practice holy living. God, this is something I want to get really good at. And we're not talking about clothes and styles and different things like that. Of course, I think modest is hottest. I think that's a great idea. However, however, that's not, it's all locked into me. There's a heart issue that God, who I am when nobody is around is who I am when everybody is around. God, help my life be holy. Help my thoughts be holy, very practical. We want to walk when no one can see us as if everyone's looking at us. And that last part, no quarreling or jealousy. It's kind of comical if you think about that. Why would he include that? Because I'm pretty sure if you're involved in the other ones, there's going to be some quarreling and jealousy in part of all that. 
You know, Paul's very practical. Third thing that I want to, and we're going to stop right here, is practice intentional discipline. Practice intentional discipline. Verse 14, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Intentional discipline. Make no provision. What is he talking about here? He's talking about this word sanctification. Continual sanctification is simply the process for us who have been saved to be transformed in the likeness of Christ. Every day I'm going to practice sanctification. I'm going to walk in it. God, I want to be more and more like you. I want my holy life to live up, so I'm going to intentionally put some disciplines in my life that will bring me to that sanctification, that will help me as I become turned into the likeness of you over and over and over again. And we want to make sure that we don't just get caught up in good things. There's a lot of good things out there that we can do, but we've got to make sure we don't get caught up in just good things. We get caught up in God things. God, you've called me to a life of separation, to a holiness. And I'm telling you, in times like we're living in right now is when the world is looking at us because we are that city set upon the hill. Not only was that a prophetic declaration, but that was also a declaration of responsibility on us because if you claim to be a child of God, then you are a city set upon a hill. So you're taking on responsibility. So right now the world is looking at us and seeing how serious we're taking this, seeing what we're doing, how our lives are changing. Is people really doing things? Uh, they, they, the Christians say this is important, so is it really important to them? Now, in this, he puts in, he puts in this illustration. He says, uh, he says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. And he gives us this illustration of put on, take off, put on, take off, put on, take off. I get to go shopping with my wife on occasion. Yeah. It's fun. She, she's frugal. She's awesome. She really is. But occasionally, she'll say, Matt, I'm ready to go buy some new clothes. I'm like, all right, let's get it done. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm excited. I've never been more excited in my life when she says this. You know, <laughs> Benches were made for men by men, so I can just kind of sit and chill out. Anyways, that's another story. But she tells me I love online because she does a great job. Now we order a lot of stuff online, and we do it in our house, which is even better. We don't have to go anywhere. But, uh, but she, she occasionally, and I, now remember, I got a you know, 12 going on 13-year-old, so whenever we go, we're liable to get you know, eight or ten garments apiece and walk into the, the um, room that you change, the changing room. And we take it off and put something else on. Take it off and put something else on. Take something off. But what do you think about this? What do you think about this? How does this make me look? I don't know, sweetheart. I wear an extra large shirt, and they seem to always fit. I didn't know there was a specific thing here, you know? I mean, sometimes I get a little girly. I'm like, well, I just don't like the way that fits, you know? Sometimes I get that way. But for the most part, 32, 36 jeans, buy them off the Internet. I'm just going to take it. They're going to fit and move on with life. You know what I'm talking about? Not so much with females. Take it off and put it on. Take it off till we find out it's just right. Now, you guys know that, and you gals do too, but this is the thing. Paul's writing that illustration here to help us understand there's some things that we need to take off of our life that's been holding us down. And we don't just put on anything at times like these. We don't just put on more good stuff or more things we think we're doing for the kingdom. We make sure we put on Christ because that's what it says. It says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. So what are you putting on? What are you arming yourself with? Because we have to at times like this. We go back to what we need to go back to. Amen? It's very, very important that we realize this. Now, in Ephesians chapter 4, I, I don't want to really go there, but he helps us understand some things about some non-believers. 
And I would encourage you to go read Ephesians chapter 4. But where I want to get to you today is simply this question I want to pose to you. Where are you in the midst of all of this? Have, have you kind of put it on the back burner? Hey, that's across the sea. It's really not my fight. It's really not my thing. I really shouldn't be concerned about it. If you have, you're, you're in the population there. And, and, but if you're a Christian, you need to change that. Maybe you're in the situation where I have put some thought into it. I'm concerned and I've prayed. But, you know, I haven't really changed up my lifestyle. Well, Paul says we need to be awake. and We need to make sure there's some things that we need to change so that we can embrace some things that he has for us. Maybe you're in that situation where you say, Pastor Matt... I have been trying my best and I'm locked in and I'm loaded and I'm ready to go. I've been making changes. And at the same time, I've been paying attention. Well, let me just encourage you to continue to do that for just a little while longer. We don't always have to be in this season of readiness. Now, we need to have some readiness in a life, but there's different seasons. And I believe we're sitting in that season where we need to say, Holy Spirit, I want to make sure that my spirit is alive that I'm awake, that my eyes are wide open in case the enemy tries to take any territory. I'm ready. I need to pray for my brothers and sisters and see the things in the world that I have. But where are you at? What we're going to do here in a second with every eye that's open and you're looking at me, we're going to have our altar workers come up to the front. But here in a second, we're, I'm going to dismiss everybody to the front. Because it's one of those really hard things. If you've got some sin in your life, you know you need to deal with it. It's hard sometimes to slip out of your seat and walk to the front. But we're going to have everybody do it. We're just going to do it together. But this is what I plead with you this morning. If you have that sin as a believer, do not waste this opportunity. Come down to the front with everybody else and get real with Jesus. If you say, you know what, this has kind of been on the back burner for me. Don't waste this opportunity. Come down with everybody else and say, God, man, my eyes are open now. My spirit's alive. What are you speaking to me? Would you guys stand with me all across the room? Would the altar workers come down here, our prayer partners? If you need prayer, I want you to slip out first. I want you to come down as they slip out. But what I want is you guys know you can come up here and grip their hands, okay? They're not here to judge or anything. They're just here to pray with you. Would everybody else just slip out of your pews and come on down? Just slip out. Be brave. I don't know what reason you're coming down here. If you need special prayer, we're here. But this is what I want you to do. Squeeze up to the front. We're going to spend time as a family this morning. But don't waste this opportunity. Don't waste this trip. If we're praying and you want to come up to an altar worker and grab their hands, they're here for you. You guys, come on. Squeeze up a little bit more. I want everybody to get in here. Do your very, very best. But I want you to take a, a moment of seriousness. You're here, and I thank you for that. There's a reason why the Bible says don't forsake the assembly, because look around. We're not on an island. We're all together on this. And we need to remind ourselves. But whatever you're up here, if you've got some stuff that's hanging on to your life, I'm telling you, God wants to set you free, and you, you take it serious right now. If you've put this on the back burner, please open up your eyes. Let's get awake to what Paul said, what we see in Genesis chapter 6, what we see in Matthew chapter 24, that God, this is all linked together and let our spirits be alive with yours. And if you're doing all that, let's just pray that God will continue because we've got just a little bit further to go. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, our hearts are bowed to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We thank you for what you're doing in this place, God, and these wonderful people in their hearts and in their minds. 
God, we're not here to condemn. We're not here to judge. We're not here to do any of that. But what we are here to do is get our hearts right. If there be one person in the place that is not saved and they've seen what's going on today and they say, I need to get my heart and my life right, that right now they would submit their heart and their life to you and get saved and follow you all the rest of their days. Father, for the Christian, for the Christian that's out here, God, and sometimes we struggle and we're weak and we fall to the devil's devices and things latch onto our life, that those things would be broken off, that we would lay them at your feet today and walk away a different person, a person of strength, a person of sight, a person of power for the days that we live in. And for the ones that are here that are saying, God, I haven't really paid much attention to this, but now I understand. Oh, God that they would begin to pray and fast and seek God and do the things that we know to do, God. Get that stuff out of our life and live practically, God. We walk in truth, we love, we live in peace, we study your word and we do it just a little bit to a greater degree, God. For brothers and sisters who are doing their very best, God, let them be encouraged, God, to continue, to continue to pray. Their prayers matter. God, what they're doing. Thank you for us being here collectively as a body, God. We're not forsaking the assembly, God. We're coming together under your name, Jesus Christ, expecting great things to happen. God, expecting you to use us for we are the city set upon the hill. Father, you see the many needs that are represented at this altar. God, you see the ones who need financial needs, the ones who need spiritual needs, the ones who need physical needs, that you would meet their needs, God, in a mighty way. Father, let your spirit be amongst us, God, and in us, and let us go out into the world and be the life that you've designed us and called us to be. Thank you for my brothers and sisters that are in the place today, God. We love you and we praise you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. If you can believe that, can you say amen? Amen, amen. amen. Look at your neighbors, shake their hand and say, hey, stay awake, man, stay awake. We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory and hope changes everything.